I don't know if you know that song, but it's one of our favorites. It's called What's Up by Four Non Blondes. 25 years. And it's a song about finding purpose, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, good afternoon, or good day, or good evening to anyone who's listening. Uh, Welcome to Our True Nature, a podcast where I, Dave Albao, interview personalities in the fields of sustainability in our home island, Negros, in the Philippines. Um, this is a cross-platform conversation that we're having. Um, the interviews that I will be conducting will inform the features that I will be making for, a, or I'll be writing for a newspaper, the Visayan Daily Star. But I like to have the interviews available on another platform, a digital platform like Spotify, where we can exchange um, comments and build more conversations and actually build community while we're doing it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> thank you for um, being on this uh, podcast. Um, we will try to make it as exciting yeah. as it's possible. <laughs> but today our topic is a bit serious, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's very timely, and I think it should be out there. We should be discussing this kind of things. And I'm very thankful for today's guests. I'm very honored to be with um, two leaders in the coal-free Negros movement, uh, both representing the generations, the previous generations that have worked hard in keeping our home island free of coal-fired power plants, but also the new generations, the ones that are inheriting this island that is free of coal. So I would like to start with um, asking for introductions from our guests. So I ask, I will be um, asking for your name, mm-hmm. your occupation, what you're doing now, and also your nature symbol. What okay. represents you, maybe an animal or a plant or something that you can find in nature, something that could even be not animated. And uh, tell us why. We start with yes. you, Dr. Mana. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, Romana de los Reyes. I'm a community volunteer, uh, retired. Um, my nature symbol, uh, I think, probably it's a lion, a bit fearless but more of courage and persistence to fight the powers that be to make Negros call free. Do you roar, Dr. Mana? <laughs> I think if you ask those that have worked with me, they yeah. say I do <laughs> roar. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you're retired, but you're, you've been working with communities, and you're still working with communities on the ground, right? Yes, uh, since um, I've started working in the anti-coal, I've worked in other areas, uh, irrigation uh, management, dealing with uh, the National Irrigation Administration. Any, any member of the community that would ask for my help, I go. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Mana, for being here today. 
it's such an honor to have you here and um you know i've i've always admired your work from the sidelines so i just like to be you know straightforward with that um colleen tell us about yourself so good day listeners i'm colleen awit currently on my second year taking up bachelor of science in chemical engineering at university of saint lasalle and currently a member of youth empowering youth initiative Linghod and Youth for Climate Hope. So all are youth-led organizations based here in Negros Occidental, which are doing efforts and initiatives towards environmental conservation. So basically, when I'm not in school, you'll find me in the streets or at Cafe Excelente. It's a local coffee shop here in Bacolod City where we brew ideas together with my fellow youth advocates. And for my nature symbol, I think hmm, water water because it's tactile and you know it takes on the shape of its container so like it's flexible and open to change and you know it's free-flowing just like me I just let life take me to where it wants to so yeah water while you're describing that I'm enjoying my drink <laughs> of water, water that refreshes me thank you Colleen I've, I've seen Colleen um on on different platforms I see her on mainstream media i see her on social media on print um even on radio yeah, right you've yeah. been <coughs> guesting on uh radio shows so again thank you also for coming here today um let's start with your work you know you um, dr mana you've been in the forefront of resisting coal-fired power plants in negros for over two decades am i correct yeah. um please share with us how you started this journey well, when I turned 50, I decided that I will stop working. And uh, the obvious place to go back to is my hometown, which is Bago City. Uh, unfortunately, soon after I arrived in Bago, I learned that a coal-fired power plant was going to be put up there. I didn't know anything about coal-fired power plants, but because my whole professional career was on research, I immediately undertook research. I bought a lot of books on power plants. <laughs> I went through the very slow then internet <laughs> to obtain data. And soon I learned about all the ill effects of coal-fired power plants. Now, given also my professional background on Philippine social structure, and after learning that coal-fired power plants, uh, you know, is just have very bad effects on both the environment and health, and human health, I decided to take action. So, uh, if you understand the Philippine social structure, you know that the rich and the poor work together and if you don't get one, you won't get the other party. So what I did was I immediately asked my sister to accompany me. And I started visiting the wealthy families around the co proposed coal plant site. I explained to them the ill effects of the coal plant and asked them to join the opposition and asked them to please ask their people who are with them people whom they know to help us. Then I also went to families of the less fortunate families to inform them about the ill effects. 
um, can I proceed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then um, a few days after, uh, I was accompanied by the owner of the beachfront property uh, near the proposed coal plant site to talk with the wife of the mayor, our mayor then of Bago City. And we visited her and we explained to her the ill effects of coal-fired power plants. He agreed, she, she agreed to talk first with the mayor. Um, and then weeks later, to my surprise, but really I was truly happy, the mayor called me and gave me a letter uh, designating me as a consultant of the city to look into coal-fired power plants, especially its ill effects. So that essentially gave me the power to go around Bago City to the barangays to explain the adverse effects of coal plants. And I think in a span of two months, I was able to visit more than half of the barangays. And then we planned a rally and this is the for the first time in Bago City. 20,000 Bagunhons participated in the rally, never before seen in Bago, to protest the proposal to put up a coal-fired power plant in Bago. And so that was a sure victory. No, I, I wanted to ask you, when you were going around the communities, who, uh, were you alone or you, you, uh, certainly you were with other people, right? I was with uh, my f the, the person who owned the beachfront property, became my friend, and we would go together. At times, the, the because we would meet with the barangay captain, at times one of the counts councilmen or woman would accompany us. But, uh, you know, whoever was available to join us, mm. we would go. And uh, we would just go from one barangay to another. Well, was it difficult to convince the the beachfront property owner um, that uh, of the ill effects of the uh, coal-fired power plants that uh, were proposed? You know, initially, if 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 you, I was working from my understanding of the Philippine social structure. If the more uh, economically advantaged people would understand how much they will lose mm. if the coal-fired power plant will be there. They readily uh, try to understand more and then they oppose. So it was not so, I mean, it was difficult, but, you know, difficulties is part of activism. Did, so it, did it take um, weeks or months or how long, approximately? To convince her? Yeah. Um, maybe maybe two weeks okay. uh, I had to revisit her mm -hmm. uh, but the fortunate thing is she was a sister of a Jesuit priest whom I worked with at the Ateneo okay, so mm -hmm. connections so also help but I didn't know that before Before, mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering um, doc, your doctorate is in um, what field? my doctorate is in anthropology so wow. <laughs> and definitely this is why Philippine social structure is yeah. something that you deeply know. And that's something that we um, we definitely need to understand better as we continue with our work here in Negros and in our country. Colleen, um, I just wanted to, you know, be, be inspired by the story of um, Dr. Mana. Um, 
um, you represent the youth who have spoken mm-hmm. about how you do not want a call-free future. I mean, how you want a call-free future. Um, can you tell us like how and why you decided to get involved in this movement? So um, before this movement started, I was a member, as I mentioned earlier, member of Youth Empowering Youth Initiative in Linghod. And that time, we were focusing on a different issue, which was the banning of plastics here in Bacolod City. It was late last year when we knew about San Miguel Corporation's plan to build a coal-fired power plant in San Carlos City. And upon knowing, we immediately organized together with other youth groups and started a campaign against it. And with the help of the church, national groups, youth organizations, and people like Dr. Ramana, we were able to, to establish Youth for Climate Hope. So Youth for Climate Hope is an umbrella organization of youth groups here in Negros Occidental, which currently leads the campaign against coal-fired power plants. So I guess a lot are wondering why it is the youth who is leading the campaign. So if people actually try to do their research and try to understand everything about this dirty energy, they would actually realize why it is us, the youth, was at the forefront of this campaign. You didn't tell me like what interested you to be part of this movement. I mean, in, of course, intellectually yeah. or um, um, ethically, you are definitely invested in this movement yes. because of the cause it represents. Mm-hmm. But why? I mean, why not uh, care about other things that young people do care about? Because basically, it will affect us. It will affect our future and the future of our children. So that's why I'm involved in this movement, because this is for my future. And some people actually think that this is only a San Carlos City issue, but it is everyone's issue. And the coal-fired power plants, it has its own set of immediate effects to communities. And it is many of us are actually oblivious to the fact that it is one of the greatest contributors to the climate catastrophe that we are currently facing. And we are the we are living in an age of catastrophic predictions and climate scientists are giving us reports that we only have less than a dozen years to to reverse everything which leaves us with one option to that all our actions should be geared towards its mitigation that's why we are fighting adamantly fighting against this coal-fired power adamantly yes (laughs) i don't even know how to spell that (laughs) adamantly fighting. fighting but yeah um i admire that that um, passion mm-hmm. and I know that you're doing strikes right yes. from time to time and I think tomorrow yes we'll um, be you'll have a youth strike for yes. climate can you tell us briefly about that movement too so apart from leading the campaign against coal-fired power plants youth for climate hope also are doing awareness campaigns and youth strikes and tomorrow we will be joining the rest of the world in a global youth strike so this was started by Greta Thunberg and um, we will be going beyond the usual protests. We'll be having an event called Historia Clima, telling stories of change. So we'll be starting conversations through art and music. So, yeah. And I, I, that, have you, do you know that uh, little, not, sorry for the same, yes. little girl, <laughs> but she's, 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 a, she's basically um, under 18, right? Greta Thunberg? Yeah. Um, I've seen videos of her, and um, that's very um, admirable that the, our youth is participating in this global movement. Uh, Dr. Mana, do you remember your happiest moment 
being involved in this campaign? Of course, the happiest moment is when you win. <laughs> we won in Bago. After the rally, I mean, you know, it was like the exhilarating feeling that we will win. Then we won in Silay, uh, which I should backtrack a bit. You know, when I get involved in any of this, the people actually came and asked me to be involved. Um, that's why probably, you know, uh, we have been working together very well because I don't go and interfere in what they're doing. When they ask me, I would go. Um, but the the happiest moment in Bago is when we won. In Silay is when the city council passed a resolution rejecting the coal plant. And in Pulupandan, after almost five years or more than four years, we were able to reverse an ECC. I mean, can you imagine a coal plant has received an environmental compliance certificate? But we did not give up. We just went on and on and on until it was reversed. And after, when it was reversed, everybody was happy. And so we decided a uh, victory party. You should have been to our victory party. The this people, was year, do you remember the year? Um, 20, no, 97 plus, uh, 97 plus 5. So it's about 2001, mm. Then uh, people from Silay and from... And from Bago attended, and then the final one was, uh, of course, Cadiz. When when the Cadiz coal plant was not continued, I mean that's uh, every time you stop a coal plant, that's your extreme happiness. Yeah, exactly. Colleen, um, we're facing a time when there is an active proposal that um, will build a coal-fired power plant north of our island. Mm -hmm. What is your happiest moment so far in your involvement in this campaign? By far, my happiest moment happened last March 6. So, yeah, on March 6, Negros yeah, made history when nearly 2,000 youth strikers actually stood outside the provincial capitals holding up their placards and very clear with their demand to not allow the establishment of a coal-fired power plant in the province. It was, it was a victorious moment for everyone because um, we, were, we became hopeful of a coal-free future and it's actually a big leap towards um, ending the decades-long fight against this dirty energy. But well, while it is a triumphant moment for everyone, we also know that things are far from over and um, we can't go against fossil fuels forever. We know that being re reactive is not enough. And that's why after March 6, we, use the, we used the hope, the passion, and the, the euphoria to go forward with the campaign. And we thought of proactive solutions. That's why after that, we submitted a renewable energy ordinance to the provincial government. Um, basically, it aims to make Negros the renewable energy hub of this country. And this uh, it will actually be a big help for us to start divesting on or divesting on fossil fuels or reduce our dependency on this energy. We'll go into that discussion on renewable energy. Yes. It deserves a different, uh, another mm -hmm. episode, definitely. Yeah. I, I will commit to that. Um, what is the most? What are the most important information? If if you if we have this platform to discuss the top 
most important information that we need to know about coal-fired power plants, what would be? What would this information be? Colleen, let's start with you. Firstly, coal is not cheap, and it will never be cheap because uh, many of us are oblivious that to the fact that coal brings with it external costs. Despite the, yeah. the, the statements of different people in leadership yeah. that coal is cheap. It is not cheap mm-hmm. because um, it brings external costs, and this includes um, threat to public health and to the environment. And the, the ones who are suffering these external costs are the communities living near the site, no, so they are suffering from the toxic gases, heavy metals being spewed by these coal-fired power plants. And second, coal is not clean. Clean coal is a dirty lie. It does not exist. Um, they keep on telling us that they have this circulating fluidized bed and uh, carbon capture and sequestration technologies, but there are no studies to prove that these technologies actually reduced the emissions of coal-fired power plants. I believe Dr. Mana can further elaborate on the CFB technology that, yeah. Oh, well, the um, most important thing I think that the public should understand important things about coal is, you know, the coal proponents would always say that we would, would only identify one or two uh, poisons quote, from coal-fired power plants. They say that it's controlled. But the truth is, coal-fired power plants, pollution comes from many sources. First, you have to think of the mining. Then you have to transport the coal. So you have transporting it then you put it in a stockyard there's pollution there then you burn it there's pollution there then you have the ash pan where you put the ash there's pollution there so those are already five sources of pollution and then also even the cooling right uh, yes i'm just reading on my I, i'm just uh, the, the water yeah. that they use <laughs> uh, for the cooling they throw that back to the sea that's another source Which of pollution. Hotter, yeah. It's the, the the water becomes hotter. The fish then will mm-hmm. go to deeper waters, and then the fishermen will suffer because yeah. they can no longer fish. And also, uh, let me go back to mining. What exactly is that the the coal fire power plants need to mine? Well, when they mine the coal, you know, in many places they almost remove the mountain top, so which means all the forests are gone. So the 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 environmental disaster that coal brings to us is from mining to burning. Uh, so it's not, you know, the proponents would see, uh, speak as if there's only one source of pollution. And that is a lie. And so I wish that, you know, uh, our general public would try to understand that there are so many, many sources of pollution and all of these cause environmental breakdown and uh, threat to human health. And precisely uh, the carbon dioxide specifically that coal plants release, I mean, that's the number one monster <laughs> that's creating the ecological crisis that we are facing right now. And uh, coal plants is one of the major contributor to that. And there's also mercury that the coal is released to the air once once it's burned. So mercury, you know, it can fly into different places, but 
when eaten by the fish, it goes back to us. Um, and it causes all kinds of neurological problems. And these are the reasons why countries around the world are stop putting an end to coal-fired power plants. And my next question would be, if we know how dirty coal is, and if we know the disadvantages of this kind of um, getting energy, why do our elected leaders and their appointed officials still plan to build more in our country? There are many reasons. Um, if they're involved in mining, naturally they would want it. When they're involved in importing, because we do import a lot for coal, then of course they would want it. And then if they are owners of the coal-fired power plants, I mean part owners or whatever percent owners, and then you have the perks. You know, there's the grease money that come when the coal-fired coal power plants proponents would want to put it up in a particular place. Uh, it's not it's not a secret that grease money go around. Then there's the perks of field trips, kuno, <laughs> field trips to coal-fired power plants here and abroad. I mean, the truth is those are just, what, sightseeing tours? And sometimes they even bring their own families. I mean, those are the perks. That's why even if they understand that it's not good, they still would agree to have it in the locality. Colleen, I'd like to change the question for yeah. you. Why do you think um, if communities like in San Carlos City know the ill effects of coal, why do people still support it? Because they are promised with jobs and they are told that, yeah, they have this clean coal technology, which is an improvement science. And basically, our government... It, Disappoints me because just this month, May, three government officials actually expressed their support on this dirty energy. Clearly, they have their own vested interests that favor profit over people and and the and, and the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it it's it's heartbreaking and alarming at the same time because as legislators, implementers, and leaders. They are expected to be well-versed of the different issues that pose threat to our right to enjoy a healthful and balanced ecology. But they have given us uninformed stances on this dirty energy. So you're not necessarily disappointed with the communities that are promised the jobs yeah. and the economic um, I don't know, advancements that they are told to bring to be brought um, with uh, coal plants. But um, do you think that there is still an opportunity for them to see that there's a price to pay? Yeah. I think if um, that's why we are planning right now to do grassroots approach in this campaign because we need to actually penetrate to the most vulnerable communities and to the poorest communities because they will be um, the ones who will be affected the most with this dirty energy. So I think they need to, to be educated more about I can imagine um, having enemies, no? mm. making enemies because money goes around, as Dr. Mana says, and and uh, unfortunately, elected leaders uh, do get benefits. Um, you want to do add something? Well, I, knew I recently went to San Carlos, and my my heart bleeds for the people there. 
you know, San Carlos is apparently a, you know, will I get into hot water? Who, who cares? <laughs> uh, San Carlos is apparently a huge feudal state, <laughs> if you can say that. Um, they get their, they, they have jobs with the city government. They have jobs with land owned by the big feudal lords there. So they are afraid, even if they understand that the coal-fired power plant would bring detrimental effects, they are truly scared. And I think, uh, I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, they're not sure where they're going to have jobs. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the reality that we have to face. But I think soon, you know, I was amazed that couple of days after that, we saw several note coal <laughs> signs put up. So, I mean, people, once they understand, I have true faith in what the people will do once they understand what the effects would be of the coal plant on their lives and on the environment. And I shall say you're speaking from experience, you know, working with the people of Bago, Silay, and Pulupandan. Cadiz. And also Cadiz. Um, Dr. Manad, if you, you, you've been, you probably had this opportunity many times, but maybe just ask you, like, what would you say to a pro coal politician if you were, like, speaking before him or her? Well, to begin with, they really don't want to talk with me. <laughs> but if they do, I still am willing to explain. But the thing is, they, they, they do understand what are the ill effects of coal-fired power plants, both on human health and on the environment. But they just refuse to. But if they do, I will just still continue to say about where all the sources of pollution comes from. And especially now this particular circulating fluidized bed, this particular technology only uh, 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 only mitigates two pollution sources, sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide. That's all. Nothing more. And those two are only the ones that previously cause acid rain. They, make, they cause health problems, uh, lungs, respiratory health problems, and they destroy our plants because of the sulfur dioxide. But those are the only things that the only two pollution that the circulating fluidized bed that is being proposed in San Carlos can mitigate. It does not mitigate any other. So they cannot, I mean, I hope that the government officials who say that it's clean coal will just open their eyes or even if they, I know they understand, but they just refuse to understand. Is there, are there Money bills on their eyes that they can <laughs> <laughs> clean. Um, you you've seen the documentary of Checha Lazaro, mm -hmm. our power, right? Yeah. I mean, you were uh, part of the group that yeah. um screened Organized, it yeah. for for Negros. Thank you very much for doing that for the community. Um, what is your What are your reactions to what you've seen on film on that film? Um, after watching the documentary about our power, it actually affected me on a deeper level. Because um, while we are enjoying baseload power to our homes, 
communities around that coal-fired power plant, especially in Limay Bataan, are actually suffering. The children, the elderly, and the women are suffering from skin diseases, respiratory diseases. And it saddens me because um, while they are aware that children are suffering, they keep on denying that coal is has its adverse impacts to the community. And um, even if people are constantly slapping them with evidences, they are neglecting it basically because they they prioritize still profit over people and that's Dr. Mana I saw you on the film yeah <laughs> you were featured on the film <laughs> yes um I think that shows again of course it only shows two uh of the pollution of cold plants one is the coal dust from the aspan and presumably from the stock. No, and it shows clearly the respiratory problems and skin diseases that suffered by communities. And then the other pollution is the hot water that's coming out. Now, I mean, even for those two, because they affect the lives of the communities around, they affect the income and lives of the fishermen, I mean, they should be enough to open the eyes of our elected government officials and appointed government officials. But as I've said, you know, if somebody refuses to understand, you cannot push them to understand. Uh, so we just have to keep on pushing also that the people will understand more and they would be prepared and ready to defend their lives against whatever the government officials believe in. It's a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of just politics, right? Um, okay, let us take a quick break mm -hmm. just so we can breathe and digest what we've, uh, um, you know, like the feelings that we have about the situation, uh, whether um, communities and individuals actually are refusing to see the truth because of motivations like profit. And I think this this song is <laughs> It is an old song. Yes, I love this song. It's called What's Going On. <laughs> What's going on? Okay. Do you have fear or doubts that Negras will remain coal free? Colleen, come with I don't have any fear or doubts that yeah. we won't have a coal-free future because everything that we need for us to have a fossil-free and a livable future already exists. All that it takes is for us to, to work together. When we finally decide to work on this together, we could actually achieve a coal-free future, a fossil-free future, and we could actually shift all those vested interests and yeah, make a renewable future a reality. Romana. I trust the youth. I trust that as many of them now have understood 
what coal plants mean for their future, they will work hard and they will continue to con inform others and convince them about defending their future. And I have no doubt that they're all going to go to the streets and make sure that their future will be secured. <sighs> yes. It, it, it's not a matter anymore of like, um, you know, choosing to act, but it's really um, defending your life, you know, defending our future. And I know I wanted to ask you more about the um, transition from fossil fuel energy to renewable energy, but I think that this serves a, a totally different episode um, so that we can dedicate more time about it. But I'm inviting anyone who's listening right now. Are you out there? <laughs> If you do have questions or, or clarifications, I'm sure, especially with, um, you know, I, I would like to say that this issue sometimes is seen as dichotomous, like you're either anti or pro. Mm -hmm. I know there are people in between. There are people. It's a spectrum, and um, I think that's what I would like to bring into the table. That um, this is the reason why we have cross-platform conversations like this, um, where we have intelligent conversations and, and, and community building because we know that it's um, sometimes some people are not convinced enough or some people are are definitely have um, opposing views or <laughs> sometimes it's funny, opposing science. Um, so I'll reserve that for another episode, Dr. Mana, but thank you very much again for your time. Um, I would like to do this quick exercise. It's called on top of your head. It's like fast talk. <laughs> I will ask questions and um, very quick answers from both of you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What's the lesser evil? Coal or nuclear? Both are evils. <laughs> I have not yet. Oh, wait. Nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you have not yet. You can continue. Go ahead. I have not yet studied um, a lot about nuclear energy, so I can't say anything about it. Okay, this is something that I added. I'm really sorry I didn't send this mm -hmm. to you in advance, but um, what can you say about people s saying that you're being anti-coal, but you're enjoying the electricity now? So quickly, how do you respond to that, um, Dr. Mana? We have to use whatever electricity is available to us to be in touch with one another so that we can build a better world. We have to use it to educate our children. We have to use it to have our hospitals moving. We just cannot say no. Yeah. Otherwise, we all will be dead. So I don't see that as a, as a dichotomy. Okay. I mean, we have to use whatever is available, but we work hard to make sure that we're going to face out coal. The same. Um, we can't do anything about it because it's already being provided to us, but we are actually trying to make dialogues with electric co-ops. We are actually encouraging them to uh, gradually phase out, um, phase out coal and start investing on cleaner and renewable energy. So, yeah. I've seen someone post this, um, that you're fighting for coal, but you cannot even get your local government unit to properly manage solid waste. <laughs> Quickly. Yeah. I know it's a long discussion, but... In Linghood, we're actually trying to um, talk with the local government unit about solid waste. And actually, it's still ongoing. Yeah. And so, well, uh, right now that we, um, that we just had our midterm elections, we are actually planning to, to start the campaign again you know, and to, to talk again with the, 
the government do for the different ways to amplify the existing because we have an existing ordinance here in in Bacolod City mm-hmm. about which deals with um, plastic wastes and solid waste management. So, Dr. Romana, I do what I can do, <laughs> and uh, the you know I I interact with our environmental officer. Uh, but you do what you can do, and uh, the little that you can do with solid waste management, uh, you do it now, but how much can you do? There's a lot that has to be done. We all agree about that. So, I think I, I kind of reacted to that statement quite um, passionately because it doesn't mean that you're like fighting for one issue that it has to have the same intensity with another, you know. My friend Anna Oposa says, she's always been asked, like, why are you fighting for the Philippine seas when there's poverty on the streets? And she goes like, well, you start your own NGO that says Save Philippine Streets, you know. It's so (laughs) funny. Um, Okay. Um, This is really fast talk. You're going to have to tell me if you're for or against war on drugs. Against. Duterte style against. <laughs> Gay marriage, for or against? For. For. Yay. <laughs> Legalization of marijuana for medical use, for or against? For. For. And this is just, I don't want to red tag you for anything. I just This is just like a, a snapshot of what people think in the interviews that I do. Legalization of marijuana for recreational use, for or against? <laughs> against? I don't know. I haven't studied it. Okay. Geothermal power plants. Against. If there is no other alternative, but given our forests, we have to go against it. Okay. Banning, like totally banning plastic bags. Four. Four. This one. Sending our military to stand against China in the West Philippine Sea. Sending military, yes, but not to fight. Yes, four. Learning Mandarin in the same way we learn English in school. Against. Never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, there's one, one, one last question. If there was a theme song for your life, what would it be? Ride Home by Ben and Ben. Basically, it talks about going back to your roots, going back to your home, going back to the things that you're passionate about. I haven't heard of that song yet. I'll I'll check it out. Anyone who's on Spotify, no, search it after (laughs) this podcast. I don't know, but as I said, you know, if there's a theme song that says, you know, I will remain an activist when I become 6100, that will be my theme song. I think there's a song called uh, A Thousand Years, but it's a love song. (laughs) But I think if you're speaking about love for the environment, that would be a pretty um, song. I mean, a good song to fit that um, um, mindset, Dr. Mana. I'll look for that. Yeah, let's play it later before we leave. Okay, that was a that was a very. Um, I, I didn't want to cross over forty five minutes because um, we like this podcast to be accessible to many people. This is already long for some for some younger people to listen to, but I uh, if you uh, stay with us until the end of this podcast, I know that you're uh, deeply interested in in the um, uh, the discussion on coal fired power plants. So um, we'll I'll, I'll keep. The um the conversation going 
we need to continue talking about this. And um, thank you for listening. And thank you, Dr. Mana. Thank you, Colleen, for, for your time today. Where's that song, A Thousand Years? Hold on. Let me stop the podcast. <laughs>